your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do for yourself. Now you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. Die, never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up. Elijah Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Thera come, I come. Now, man, what about me? Alright, what's going on family, man? My name is uh, Brother Ben X. We got Brother Traylon Curry here, also known as Blu-ray Fitness. Uh, on this particular episode of uh, The Bounce Back, we're going to go into Brother Blu-ray Fitness life. Uh, many of you all know he is a personal trainer. Many of you all have seen him with me for many years. I uh, joined his podcast, Men's Viewpoint. We've been doing what we do with the youth. So uh, we just want to get behind the scenes of, of who we see growing online. Uh, who we see behind uh, men's viewpoint and behind many great boxers and many great athletes because of the trainer that he's given. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are. All right. So my name is Traylon Curry. Uh, they call me Blu-ray Fitness. I actually got that. I actually got the name Blu-ray from a friend of mine when I had first started working out because, you know, I was like 120, 120 some pounds soaking wet. And I just started working out, started doing calisthenics. That's the first thing, the form of fitness I got into. I didn't go to the weight room. I just started doing a lot of bodyweight training, which is calisthenics. And I got inspired by a guy named Hit Richards. He's over the Calisthenic Kings up there in New York. So he inspired me. I started working out. And one day, uh, I think I had been like three months in, and a friend of mine, I was outside on the block with my shirt off. <laughs> and so he had, I hadn't seen one of my buddies for a minute. So he, he seen me. He was like, man. Like, man, your body done changed, man. You cut up. So like, you high definition like a Blu-ray player. I say, what? He said, you know, like the Blu-ray. I said, oh, okay. I said, man, I like that. I'm, I'm going to keep that name. I'm going to call him that name, man. So, yeah, my brother Jonathan Rollins, man, that's my boy. He gave me that name, man, Blu-ray. So, yeah. So, first, let's start off with um, your childhood. I think our childhood is 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 what leads us to our adulthood. Um what do you think from your childhood maybe inspired you or do you think your childhood inspired you to get into training the way that you are now? No, of course not. My, my childhood had none. I, I never worked out until I was 29 years old. Wow. So I had never worked out, none of that. You know, I played high school basketball. I was just a natural athlete, you know, growing up in the hood, things of that nature. And then I, I ran track because I'm naturally fast. I believe that was my God-given gift mm -hmm. that if I would have had uh, positive influences in my life that motivated me and supported me in that I probably could have went to the Olympics. Like right now, I'm 40 years old and I, I can still run and I don't even do any track training. I can guarantee I can run a full 540 mm -hmm. and I'm 40 years old, about to be 41. So I still got it. If we, if you was to paint a picture and tell the story of Trey Lund's childhood, what would it be? Uh, I didn't. Ha I didn't have a bad childhood. I, uh, my mother and father divorced. I was too young to remember that part. Then we moved with my. We, my dad got custody of us. So when my dad got custody of us. We stayed with my dad and my stepmom. You met my stepmother, so we stayed with them until I was in the fifth grade. Then we moved with my grandparents. And then once we moved with my grandparents, we moved from. Uh, we were born in the hood, raised in the hood. I mean, born in the hood. End up, my dad moved out to Grand Prairie, but every weekend we would go to Highland Hills, where which was where my grandmother stayed. So then, in the fifth grade, I moved to with my grandmother, me and my brothers, and that's where we were planted at, in Highland Hills. And so that's where I really raised. And just growing up in Highland Hills, it was it was it was good. It wasn't it wasn't bad. Of course, we was in got into you know drugs and you know beefs in the hood and things of that nature. Uh, but at the same time, 
our household was grounded. We had a good family inside the household with my grandma and grandfather. So, you know, we, we everything that we went through, we took ourselves through. I'm going to say it like that because we didn't struggle inside the home. It was the influences outside the home with our grandparents in our eyes not being able to relate to us. So just by that whole birds of a feather flock together syndrome, it's just we start adopting those bad habits and attributes that we know went against what the foundation of our home was. Now you talked about having a family, family divorce, you live with your father, then you move to your grandmother's. Talk about this, what's going on in your mind when your family divorced and you're living with your father, then you gotta move out from your father to live with your grandmother. What's going on in your mind at that time? Uh, I would say the main thing that, that bothered me was why? Now, me and my brothers, we are the one that asked to move with our grandmother because we didn't like, in our opinion, what was going on in the household. We didn't feel like we were being treated fairly in our in our eyes as as you know, as adolescents. But once we moved with our grandparents, it was like our father kind of fell back a little bit. Mm. And financially, he's a very successful man. So we were just wondering why you know, we were barely making it financially because my grandfather was on fixed income. My grandmother, you know, she was on fixed income and she would just, you know, go clean people's houses at the time. And, you know, we didn't have the best of the best and we know our father had, had the money. So you know how it is when you go into school, especially when you're in the hood, you want J's, you want the name brand, you want these things. And we didn't have those things when we, when we ended up, where even when we were our father, because my father wasn't even into that type of stuff. But once we moved with our grandmother and we started being around people that weren't designing things of that, we started wanting it because me and my baby brother were sharing clothes. Mm. So it, it, it was a lot. It was down that part was very frustrating. And so that kind of led to us start hustling, you know, start getting in the streets and, you know, doing things we weren't supposed to do. So when you went to your when you guys asked to go from your father to your grandmother, that's because you was like, I'm not getting the stuff that I that I think. No, I no, we felt like we weren't being treated right. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was some things that that was going on that you know I'm I, because I wouldn't want to talk about it because I wouldn't want nobody to be right. put in a bad light because now we have a great relationship mm -hmm. like. My dad, we, we, we like, <laughs> my dad's great now. So, and I really didn't reestablish re my relationship with my father to the extent where it is now until I was 21. And then even when I was 21, it was still up and down, but it was consistent. I can't say that. It was to the point where if I needed him, he would help. But then when I had my son, he really stepped up. So, you know, I got pictures of my dad throwing baseballs and doing a little small things that I desired mm -hmm. as a kid, but he stepped up with my son so his grandson he if it was up to him he'll get him every every day so the fact that 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 relationship is phenomenal now i've forgiven the past peace before i get into it i first want to thank you for checking out the brother ben x podcast now i want to let you guys know that the digital real estate 2022 version is off the chain many of y'all have already saw all the testimonials and the feedback from people who done took my class making thousands of dollars per month. Y'all better get ready because 2022 version, we gonna crank it up a notch. All you gotta do is text digital to 214-884-4644 to get on the list. Text the word digital, just the word by itself, to 214-884-4644. I also got some free gifts for you. Go check it out.
when you moved in with your grandparents, I'm, I'm sure there was a gap, like a, a generational gap. They older, maybe. Of course. Uh, Y'all a lot younger, language different, perhaps. D describe how that was i'm pretty sure you know y'all was taking care of you said it was a good foundation home but what was the difficulties there being so young but you had to live with your grandparents well the difficulty was not being able to relate to them when us facing temptations going through different things each and every day certain pressures we had nobody to talk to so we would talk to each other and lead ourselves so the main thing by us wasting time and losing time in life in, in my opinion at the, at that age you know, with not having a purposeful life. You know, a lot of kids, they got their parents that, hey, you going to college, you doing this or you doing that. And you, we didn't have anyone we felt like we could communicate with because our grandparents didn't understand. So that communication was, was, was very, very important in my opinion to, because I, I used to be a teacher. So if I would, in my opinion, if I would have never became a teacher, I wouldn't be the man that I am now when it comes to being a father. Because now I understand more about how to communicate because I had to do communicate with 800 different kids for over 100, 100 and some days. Mm -hmm. And you got 80 kids, 60 kids, 100 kids every four to five minutes. So you have to learn how to communicate. And then when you're dealing with kids that carry their feelings on their shoulders every single day and you being an adult, you have to process that and help not take things personal each and every day. So understanding communication is key, that communication bridge that was never, I mean, that, that communication gap that was never bridged, in my opinion, affected us. Because it's just like me and you have kids, right? I have a seven-year-old. My, my, my son, I should be there to filter their thoughts and to help them in decision making. And because we felt like we couldn't relate to them, that bridge, I mean that gap, and where they were, we feel like we needed help, we didn't have the help. And so we had to process those emotions, those thoughts on our own. See, our kids don't have to worry about that because we are active fathers, we're right there. But if there's a decision, if there's a decision, or there's a thought that's going on, we're there to, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, feel to that. Instead of my son saying, hey, I'm just going to do this and not know the outcome. No. Boom. Do this. This was going to happen. I'm going to give you the pros and cons. I'm going to let you make your own decisions. I'm going to ask you, hey, would you want this outcome or would you want that outcome? Because I guarantee you, if you make that decision, that's how you're going to get. And when you can present it, then nine times out of ten, they're going to go with the more logical outcome that benefits them. Kind of like when we do the God drill. When you do the God drill, you're helping these young kids understand about decision making. Right. They don't have to fend for themselves. And when thinking about decision making, because now that even though I know right from wrong, I'm not thinking about the consequences. When you're teaching them the God drill, they already see, boom, if I don't make the right decision that I know something can happen. And we it's to me, I feel like it's not processing to is more practical. And, you know, when somebody can actually help you, it makes things more easier and practical, in my opinion. So you're saying that uh, the reason you guys moved towards going into the streets is because um, you you didn't have that communication to filter um, the decision that you that you that you wanted to make and the thoughts that's going into your head. So go more into you know what really led you into saying, okay, let me go ahead and start doing this in the streets. Let me go ahead and get it this way. I know you mentioned. You know, you you thought, man, I should have the Jordans, I should have this, knowing that he got the money. Was mm -hmm. there anything else that influenced that said, man, I'm gonna go ahead and go? Well, the main influence is because my father didn't get it, give it to us, so we just said we're gonna go get it on our own. Okay. 
So that's what the reason I got into selling drugs, because I wanted it and I didn't have the means to get it. I didn't want to go make 50. I mean, at that time, maybe minimum wage was like, I'm, I'm for at that time about seven, eight dollars. And I knew they couldn't give me the things that I want. So I just, you know, got in the streets and just started getting it myself. So the main thing, my my motive was to acquire things. Mm. At that time, if you was to give guidance to young Traylon, um, who was missing something, what would you what what would you give him and, and, and what would you tell him? The, the main thing that I would tell him is that continue to do right because if you start doing things wrong there's a cause and effect to every decision that you make so I would tell him to stay on the course the right things that you desire to do go ahead and do them do not revert back to the things that you know that's not going to benefit you because you're going to you're going to when God start take you through tests one thing I, I I noticed that you he's not going to pass you on remember you was in school and and you knew you were not making good grades or you were a star athlete or whatever and teacher was just pass you on God don't do you like that when you take a test for God if you don't pass that test you're going to take it again so God will give you tests as a teenager and if you don't pass the test as a teenager, in your 20s, you're going to take it again. If you don't pass it in your 20s, in your 30s, you're going to take it in. If you don't pass it in your 30s, your 40s, you're going to take it again. And a lot of us are wondering why we are not progressing in life is because we're not fulfilling our purpose that God has within us because we keep failing our tests. Mm. Tell me about a story where, tell me about a time where you continue to fail the test. And as you grew older, you 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 noticing you just you you finally passed the test. Well, helping people come to the light, kind of like your like your purpose or your mission is. My God given gift is letting people see God in the earth, letting people understand that God loves them, letting people see the God within themselves, kind of like. Me and you are on the same path. That's why I relate to you so much. That's my God-given gift. I can minister a word and people will see the God in that word and it'll relate to them in their personal lives where they can say, you know what, there is a God. Because with today's time, people are giving up on God, right? People don't even believe there's a God. Just like you believe there's a God in you, I believe there's a God in me. Just like you believe you're God, I believe I'm God. But a lot of people don't see it until somebody like me and you are able to walk in our walking our calling and help them see that and and how was you feeling that test and what was keeping you away from fulfilling that mission that you know is uh, your purpose temptation temptation and, and it's not just one temptation just different forms of temptation that would just get me distracted mm -hmm. because see one thing about the enemy he deals with distraction it's not gonna be just one thing it could be a lot of different things you see what I'm saying? And then not only that, I know one thing that 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 keeps me distracted is trying to do it myself. Just trying to do what I want to do instead of what he wants me to do. Mm. And one thing about doing what you want to do is always going to be a temporary fulfillment. It won't be everlasting joy. And that's what we all have to understand. It's just like when it comes to sex. We done all had sex to the point where we desired it. We had a strong yearning for it, but after we get done, we like, man, 
Why did I even do that? Mm -hmm. I wasted my time. So it, that, that's the feeling that I have when I'm doing things that he don't want me to do, but I know what I'm supposed to do. But you know what? When, you do, when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, it, it, it doesn't look good. It's not the popular thing to do when God is calling you to do something. So a lot of us, we won't walk in our calling or operate in our gift because it doesn't look good or it's not the popular thing to do. And we understand that it comes with sacrifice when, you, when, when, when you're walking with God. You know that when you're for yourself. What was, uh, what was the pivotal moment in your life where you said, I got to start running away from my calling? Because I saw the post you made on Facebook where you said, I got to stop running. I've been running from this calling. Mm -hmm. What was the pivotal moment to where you say, you know what? Because I'm pretty sure there's many other people that's in there, business owners, people who got a mission for God. They're just not doing it. They have self uh, self doubt. They don't have uh, they got they don't have high self esteem. They got low self esteem. Mm. They don't they don't even think they're capable of being able to fulfill this mission. So what was it for you that said, you know what? I'm through running. It's time for me to submit. Because money money is money is temporary. I I got money, but I'm not happy. Mm. I'm happy who, with who I am. But I'm not happy in, in, in reference to what God wants me to do because what makes me happy is helping other people. So I can get all the money in the world, take care of my kids, do this and do that. But if I'm not helping nobody else, I'm not, I'm not being fulfilled in life because that's what I love. Like it, 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 it makes me like with the mentoring program. When I can see a kid, when, when, when the kid leaves the program and his mother walks in and say, Man, what did y'all what did y'all tell my child? What what happened? What what did he do? What did y'all teach him? What did you tell him? And this young man has a smile on his face. That's that's the fulfillment that I get. You know, so with me just so focused on money and making money and getting money, okay, you got that. Now what? Money making money don't fulfill me because I can make that all day long. I done had it, lost it, had it, lost it. And we both are successful financially, but at the end of the day, it doesn't fulfill our spirit. And so there's a, a different fulfillment when it comes to fulfilling your spirit. And those pivotal moments, those temptations, only you can have a personal experience and answer for yourself because everybody mission and everybody calling is different. It's not the same for everyone. So it's kind of like a conviction that you got might not be my conviction. But what, what the issue with it is, if God tell you not to do something, you try to put that on me. Well, God didn't tell me to do that. God didn't tell me to stop doing it. He told you. So that's a conviction for you and your calling. I might not be at that level yet. So everyone had to look within and see what the spirit is telling them to stop doing or to tell them what they need to do. And only that person to know for themselves. But who, what, what was the... The pivotal moment is still not being fulfilled. I was going to say, what, what was the, do you think, motivation for you? Because you mentioned money. So what was your motivation for just chasing the money initially? Where do you think that stemmed from? You know, we just, we just, we just like nice things. Some of us just like nice things. We have a certain appetite, mm. you know? So it's just the appetite that I have that when I want to live a certain lifestyle, I, I got to get the money to afford that particular lifestyle. But even in that, then what? Well, I'm pretty sure after you got the money, mm. 
and you was able to have the type of lifestyle, maybe the cars, the jewelry that you wanted, you still, for a measure of time, still was chasing money. Yeah, of course. So what was, what do you think the root of it was? Because it can't just be you want nice things because you got it eventually. Mm -hmm. So what do you think that drive for money, money, money stem from? Just unfulfillment. Because mm. think about this, bro. Now, I think about this all the time. Like, Floyd Mayweather got more cars than anybody. Why you just keep buying cars? I mean, just car after car. And I'm talking about you don't even drive some of them. So it has to be more to life than money. Because you got people that got money that... Now, you can't tell people to do with their money, and I understand that. But what's the purpose of just buying things that you don't need? Or you're not going to use? Or you have access of? You see what I'm saying? So even if... So what void do you think... You was trying to fulfill with money. I can't even, to be honest with you, I can't even, I don't even have an answer for it. Mm. That's why it's a void, because you don't know. Think about it. If it's a void, it doesn't exist. So a lot of times, we literally be chasing things that don't exist and we don't even know why. Why I keep doing this? Why am I chasing this? Why am I doing that? You might have, in your opinion, you know why, you really don't know why. Look down within it and give yourself a real answer. Because the root cause is going to be lust at the end of the day. Two things that exist, lust and love. Which one going to win? Mm. How did... Because um, as, a, as, a, as a young man, you, 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 you want your father. So your father not being there the way that you saw him to be there at that time, how did that affect you? Uh, growing up, going into adulthood, if any? I lack discipline. I know for sure that's one thing that I lack. I, I lack discipline, and I know the potential that I had in me. It took longer to manifest because I, I wasn't a disciplined person. It took me to become a teacher to understand more about discipline because I had to exhibit it just to teach it. And then having a father, it taught me another level of discipline. So... I believe that I would have been more disciplined as a young man and even in my 20s if I would have had my father there, you know, helping me uh, filter my life because I was just all over the place. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no purpose. Like on your search, said, I had no purpose. Mm. Young brothers who's, who's looking to get into the streets because of what they see on Instagram, Facebook, let's say they grew up in a good household. This household is decent, good foundation. But they don't have the money either, um, and they they think that the, the the street life is 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 cool. That's how you get respect, man. That's the a dope lifestyle. Everybody gonna respect me. What can you share since you've seen things? What can you share about that lifestyle that maybe these young brothers really don't understand until they get to the other side? The consequences. The consequences, because a lot of young men. You know, they want to be street niggas, but real street niggas want to make it out the street. Mm. Nigga. That's facts. As any OG that done got in the streets and got some paper, and they sit back, they might say, I'll do it again. But if you ask them if you would have had an educated route or a beneficial route where you didn't have to take any penitentiary chances and you were taught a business or a trade or a skill, would you rather go that route? In a heartbeat, I guarantee you they all say yes. If I would have had somebody that would have taught me a trade, that would help me 
attain the lifestyle that I have now and I didn't have to rob, I didn't have to sell drugs, I didn't have to do that, I don't know, a OG or a real man that call himself a hustler that'll say, yeah, I, I still go back to hustling rap. If you knew, I'm saying, if you knew that you were going to be successful in business and mm. the outcome, I don't know a hustler to this day that'll say, nah, I'd rather sell drugs to my community. I'd rather rob people. I'd rather do this or I'd rather do that. If I would have had the same outcome financially and I went to the, the uh, professional route. Many people see the, the, the movies, the TV shows, and they see the success of being a street guy um, as if there's no consequences, like you said. So with that being said, for a young brother who's listening, what is the worst thing that you've seen in the street so they can understand you just copying ghosts or you watching a TV show or movie thinking that they always success and coming out on top? That's not really the reality. There's many people who end up killed, shot, all kind of stuff happened to their family maybe because yep. they're making these decisions, but all that's not always shown and told to them is glorified. So what's what's some thing that you can see uh, that you've seen so these young brothers can know what they what they getting into? The one most thing that I can always say that all my big homies that were selling drugs, I know two for sure. They lived that life, right? Had big names in the street. Their kids followed them, and every time they went to jail, one of their kids died. Mm. Because remember, kids don't follow your your words; they follow your footsteps. It's easy to smoke weed in front of your child, tell your child not to smoke weed. Well, evidently, it's okay because you're doing it. So you can't tell me to stop doing something that you're doing. So I've seen so many of my brothers end up in prison, incarcerated, or killed. And they leave their kids out here to fend for themselves. And their kids end up getting killed. It's like a cycle. You don't want to repeat that cycle. You don't want to do it. So, you know, and, I, and, and it just used to hurt me. I'm like, bro, dang, one car was born. His kid got killed. His kid got killed. But you know what? They were following their daddy. That was the image that they had. Because being a drug dealer was cool. Being a hustler was cool. Finessing was cool. But your kid's dead. Didn't even see 25. Because they were following you. I don't know a man on the earth want that. But you in prison, you can't do nothing about it. You get the information from behind the wall. Mm. Um, when did you make your bounce back? Um... You, you in the streets, you're doing whatever you're doing. When did you decide, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to strive to get on the street? What what age was that and then what did you decide? I was, uh, so, you know, my team, everybody went to the feds. And so my team was my plug. So I didn't trust a lot of people. So when my plug went down, I was like, bro, this is the second time this done happened in a span of eight years. First time it happened, I was 19. Now I'm 27. So, and then I had a situation where I uh, I did something in front of my ex-wife and it scared her. Mm. I had an encounter with another guy and it went down in front of my ex-wife and it scared her. And she had called me the next day say, Trey, I'm done. I can't be with you. I ain't, no, I can't be around nothing like that. If you're doing that, I can't be around it. So, I had a decision to make. Do I keep doing what I'm doing? I got a good woman on my side. My brother just got locked up in my trap. He went to jail in one of my traps. Do I just keep doing that? 
I had money saved up. And I said, man, I'm not finna lose this woman that I that I that I'm that I'm that, that I'm a potentially marry. My brother just went down, my team down, my plug gone. I can get out here and keep doing what I'm doing, take chances, and end up like my end up like my people, or I can just take a new leaf of life, and that's what I did. And uh I had money saved up. I just, you know, my my ex-wife, she held me down through my transition, and uh I went and got me a job. I knew it was gonna be hard, but I went and got me a job. And I started working in the school system. Got in the school system. I was blessed never to get a record, blessed never to get uh, arrested, not one time. So I, my, my, my record was clean. So a friend of mine, mother, got me in, got me in the school system, ended up giving me an, a job as an assistant PE teacher. And then, uh, you know, I was on a straight and narrow. And I told God, I said, God, I'm not going back. I don't care. And I was only making $1,200 a month. I was, what, 29 years old? Like 20, 29, 28, making $1,200 a month. But I was committed that I'm not going back to the streets. And I just wanted to work because I hadn't worked. So I, that, was my, that was my turn. That was, that's, when I, that's when I changed. And so here I am now, 40 years old and blessed, you know, working with the kids with my brother. And life is great. How many times in our community have we said we need to unite and come together? How many times in our community have we said land is very important? There's only 57,255,000 square miles of land, so we need to get some of this earth that we can call our own. This is what we're doing in unity at Here Out The Farms. If you are interested in collaborating with us, buying land together, building a community together, text the word LAND to 214-884-4644. Just the word by itself. Text the word LAND to 214-884-4644 to stay tapped in. What was that mindset shift like going from the money you was making in the streets to now having to make money the right way? And I'm sure making less in the beginning than what you was making in the streets, because initially the reason mm -hmm. you didn't even want to, you know, uh, go the right way is because of money. You didn't want to work and get no $15 an hour. Now you here you are an adult having to go back that route. What was that mindset shift like transitioning? Because I'm pretty sure many brothers go through that. Uh, man, I'm making all this money. I can make three thousand a day. I can exactly. make this in a day. Exactly. Now I got to go down to this, man. My whole lifestyle is going to have to change. Exactly, because man, I had even got down to the point where I could say my ex-wife was paying my bro. I'm like grown, bro. My ex-wife, my brother, my cousin, they paying my phone bill. They taking a turn. My ex-wife would pay it. My brother would pay it. You know, I had got down that bad, but I just, I just had to make a decision, brother. I had to, I just had to make a decision. It didn't feel good at all. <laughs> It didn't figure, I knew I was gonna have to budget, didn't know nothing about budget because I'm not used to a budget. I'm, I'm used to waking up doing what I wanna do financially each and every day. Buy what I wanna buy, drive what I wanna drive. But I spend, man, ask anybody about me that know me personally about how I used to do. They would tell you, I'm spending $5,000 at night in the club. This seven days a week, literally, you know what I mean? And so, my brothers would be like, bro, you wasted so much money, you and if I could go back, brother, <laughs> Y'all would invested all that money in Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's for real. But uh, now, nah, man, it was just, I just had to have a made up mind. I knew there was going to be a time of suffering because I knew I was going to not have, I wasn't going to have the same, making the same amount of money. But it's just, it's just, a, I had a made up mind, but I was determined not to go back, period. So once my mind was made up, it was made up.
no matter how it felt. And, and what was the things that, that kind of held you down to where you don't go back? Because I'm pretty sure, like you said, many brothers don't really want to live that lifestyle. So what was some of the things that helped you remain disciplined once you transferred over to where you didn't go back? Just thinking about the consequences of all my friends that I done seen with, with money. You know, they, they, one of my friends, you know, he went to jail. They, they, we, we tried to get the Bentley. They took his Bentley right there and there in our face. Say, y'all can't take this. Mm. Like, it's paid for, man. We, nah, uh-uh. This ours now. Wow. Like, just looking at the consequences of all my friends that I, because, see, I grew up around, around millionaires. I didn't grow up around no corner dudes. Like, all my dudes was real bosses, had real money. So, seeing that, that at that level, when everything can be taken from you, they can freeze your accounts, everything. Mm. I said, man, I'm tired, bro. I, 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 bro, if they, can, if they can do that and take everything from them, and then here you are getting 17 years, and you are already in your, in your 30s, man, I'm good. So it was mainly the consequences. And how long did it take you from initially getting out that lifestyle, getting a job, to getting financially where you wanted to be comfortably? And, and what needed to be done in detail in between whether you had to get two jobs was it like you said people had to help you was it you had to do something on the side so talk about that transition for for the person who's saying i'm out the streets i just got out the street let me see what he did to get to where he wanted to be okay so i started i think i was like 29 when i started being assistant PE teacher so I, I was doing that and then i started training on the side maybe 2012, 2012, somewhere up in there. And so I didn't, so I did that for years. You know, I, of course, I started working with Earl Spence. Uh, 2014, I started working with Earl Spence. Then, uh, then everything started going uphill from there. But I didn't get financially where I wanted to be until like 2017. So I was working two doing well i was working my job and doing working on my business consistently for five years before it took off mm. so it took like five years but i was working the regular job maybe like three three before that so consistently it took like eight years it took like so eight talk years about how you went from not working out until 29 and then at 29 you started working out someone who is known all over the world as a big boss. So how did he even why did he even choose you and how did you get into training at that time Okay, so you want the truth. The truth. You want the real truth. I'm about to say this on record. I don't think I need to say this. <laughs> I don't know if I need to say this. You want me to say the truth? True. Man, hold up. I mean, I think I might get in trouble for this. <laughs> Brother Billy, you might need to see, you might edit this one. I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> and you, you figure if you want to edit this, let me put this out. So here's the honest guy truth. I was in the school district. Doing my thing, right? Boy, this is crazy. <laughs> I've always been a hustler. So, I said, I'm going to go be a police officer. Go to the police academy. Because I've been robbed before by the police. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had traps and dope houses and stuff like that. They would come in, take our money. DPD. Take our money. Uh... Give us an option. You want us to take the money and the dope, or you want to go to jail? You can keep that. <laughs> you got the money and the work. <laughs> nah, 
Like, bro, they would rob us, take our jewelry when they pull us over. Bro, this is 100% fact, bro. I'm not lying to you. Take our jewelry, everything. Like, if they find crack on one of us, the, the jewelry or the dope case, which one you want? Man, take that jewelry, bro. You can have that. Square business. So, I made it out clean. I'm in the school district. I say, let me go be a police officer because I can rob some niggas because I'm used to finessing. I can rob the drug dealer, tell my people pull up, boom, they do what they do because I'm not selling no more drugs. Boom, y'all make y'all paper just and break me off mine. That was my actual motive for going to the police academy. Now, fortunately, thank God, I never became a police officer. <laughs> I never became a police officer. And so, and we know police officers commit crimes all the time. It's a history of it, of the, you know, them extorting people and uh, taking bribes, stuff like that. So, there was a girl in the police academy, and she had asked me to train her. And truth be told, I just, I just wanted to train her because she was cute or whatever, you know what I mean? So I ended up training her, and when I trained her, it was like a light clicked on. Like, man, I'm good at this. Like, I'm really good at but this. But why did she ask you to train her in the first place? She asked me to train her because I was faster than everybody. Remember, okay. I told you that was my guy giving. Okay. I was naturally faster than everybody. I beat everybody running, beat everybody and everybody in push-ups. Because mind you, I done started working out now because mm -hmm. I was doing the calisthenics. So I was just so athletic. She was like... Traylon, let me let me work out with you because you can help me pass the physical test, the PT test, when it's time for me to become a police officer. And she's actually a Dallas constable right now. So she went on to do it. I never got hired by anyone, but I ended up training and I didn't I didn't become a police officer. So I didn't have to commit no crimes. So I just went on, continued teaching because I fell in love with fitness. And then I would do like little crazy workouts on Instagram and there's a boxer, I'm not going to say his name, he found me first. And so the business, you know, the relationship didn't, didn't go anywhere with that particular boxer. And then a friend of mine at the time, well, you know, just not a friend, but an associate, uh, uh, said, hey, man, I heard about that situation. Let me introduce you to, to Earl Spence. He going to, you know, he going he gonna to be a world champion. And, you know, he, I think he could use you. And so when he introduced me to EJ, you know, me and EJ, you know, locked in and, you know, we were best of friends and, you know, we worked together for five years. Well, I actually just trained him this past year in 2021 for the uh, Pacquiao fight, even though his eye had messed up. But that's how I met Earl Spencer through a mutual friend of ours at the time. So, yeah. Wow. How does it feel training somebody like Earl Spence and seeing him known all over the world and you was one behind the scenes with the strength and conditioning? Man, I, it's, it's, you know, it makes it, he's one of the best in the world. It, it solidifies me as me as one of the best in the world because he's one of the best boxers in the world. And I was, you know, played a part, you know, in, in his uh, development. So, you know, that, that, that lets me know that I'm one of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the world. It's, it's documented. So it makes me feel great. Well, there it is, family, man. This is uh, episode two of the Bounce Back with my big brother, man, Traylon Curry, also known as Blu-ray Fitness. This is just the beginning. We got another episode. We're going to get into some more details, man. And we're going to come all the way up into where he is now, man. Uh, if you could give a message to anybody who is probably on the wrong path and they just they struggling with getting on the right path, what would you leave us with? Go with God. If you don't have, if you don't, if you don't submit to a high power, if you don't submit to God, you won't, you won't be balanced in life. You won't have 
a true understanding about life and you won't have a true fulfillment with life. So look within yourself, see the God within, submit to the God above that's really in you, and I promise you, you will not regret it. All right, y'all, this is episode two, as we told you, of the Bounce Back, man. If y'all know anybody who can uh, use this content, man, please go out and share. Y'all know they banned me on YouTube, so I'm coming back stronger. We done made all these investments. You see the camera qualities and the lights and everything like that, so they ain't stop nothing. As long as we can continue to get words like this in the hearts and the minds and the souls of our people, we'll always be able to rise up, man, and continue to thrive no matter how many times they shut us down. So make sure y'all subscribe. And brother Ben, and you, and remember before we go, you know that digital real estate is what put me in the place yeah, that I'm at now. Y'all stay tuned. For that real estate. We out. All right, brother. Is brother Ben here? Brother Ben. Now, Ben got a heck of a program. A lot of people listening to Brother Ben. And Ben tells them about the minister. And Ben tells them about the minister. Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do for yourself. Now you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay read up. Die, never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up. Elijah Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Farrakhan, Michael Mesh. Now, man, what about me?